0: Alright guys, you ready? I'm ready. Let's grab the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We are going to get into what I believe is the coolest book of all time. Why? Because this is God-breathed. You guys know that? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, it is very much alive. It's supernatural. You guys know there's 66 books in there and we're getting to a book in the New Testament today, Second Corinthians. We are starting and I think of all the New Testament books that Second Corinthians is the most overlooked book. And it is one of my favorites. And there is so much that we're going to get into. You guys ever get a gift where you open it up and you just get super stoked? You're like, this is cool. This is really cool. But I don't even have a clue what it all does. I feel like that's the book of 2 Corinthians for you and I. We're going to be looking into this book over the next few months, and we're going to be like, whoa, I didn't know it had that. I didn't know it could do that. And It is going to be blowing your minds. But this morning, we're going to get the first 11 verses together. We're going to look at this letter from the Apostle Paul here. Um, I entitled this morning, as you guys see here, Comforted to Comfort, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to talk about Paul with you guys, okay? He is the author of this letter. He penned 14 of the letters that we have in the New Testament, so he's written a bulk of them, and if you guys recall, as we studied 1 Corinthians together, that was kind of a letter that he wrote to this church, which he had spent a year and a half with. Planting the church, sharing the gospel, raising up the leadership, discipling them that they may disciple others. And then he got word as he was now in Ephesus that there were some, some things going down there in Corinth at the church. And he wrote 1 Corinthians to them to correct some of these things. And some at the church received what Paul had to say. There were rebukes, and they're like, Yeah, you're right. God is right. We repent, but there were others who said, you know what, Paul, we don't like what you're saying. Screw you. And do you guys know there are those today who are saying the exact same thing? Oh, we love the scriptures except for the writings of Paul. Why? Because Paul was given a special ministry. Do you guys know that? Paul was to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Gentile world. He was an apostle who was on a mission sent by Jesus himself. Because we consider the apostles, where was their home hub? It was Jerusalem. They were ministering to the Jewish people. Well, what about the Gentiles? In the Hebrew mindset, the Gentiles are looked at as Not as good. Not worthy of God. They're just dogs is what they would refer to them. But do you guys know that God cares much about all people? The entire world? Do you know the promise of the Messiah who was going to be a Jewish man, a Jewish Messiah, but he would come and be a blessing to who? A savior to who? To all peoples, all nations. And Paul was sent to go and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentile world. But we don't like what Paul has to say. Because we like the law, the Torah. Okay, we don't like this grace thing. But how are we saved, guys? It is by grace and grace alone. And that is what he brought to the Gentile world. He shared what Jesus did. Because we were all guilty under the law, Jew or Gentile. And Jesus came to set us free. He died in our place, which we're going to get to in the book of 2 Corinthians. It's laid out beautifully for you and I in chapter 5. It might be my second favorite chapter in the Bible. But today we're only going get through the first 11 verses. I've taught three studies in the past, sermons, just on the first word of this letter. Paul. Some of you guys caught that at our men's retreat last year. Paul's my hero. We did a whole study just on the Apostle Paul. Guess what we're going to do this morning? Not that. But I do want to talk about Paul a little bit because what he has been given by God is so good for you and I. All scripture is given by God and is God-breathed, we're told. It is profitable for you and I so we can know what doctrine says, what is right, what is wrong, how we can get right with God and how we can stay right with God. And Paul wrote these letters, and they were to be read read by the church at large. But we don't like what Paul has to say. He's ministering to the Gentiles. We just want to stick with the Old Testament and what we know and these rules and regulations Do you know there's seven other letters in the New Testament that were written to Gentile churches that were from who? Jesus. Jesus cares very much about the Gentile world. And most of us here, there may be a few Jewish people, but most of us are Gentiles, and aren't you guys glad that God loves us all? I sure am. So we see here Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. You can't just become an apostle. Okay? We're not going to have a sign-up sheet on the back table over there. Hey, after service, if you want to be an apostle, just sign, yeah, sign up. You know, it's all you got to do. And I don't know about you guys, but every self-proclaimed apostle that I've met or someone has sent me a message like, hey, you got to listen to this apostle and what he is saying, every single apostle I've met, every self-proclaimed apostle is a false teacher that I personally have met. So it's one of those things, it's just like, all right, we need to take that very serious. Because apostleship comes from who? From God. Just because you say you're an apostle doesn't make you an apostle. Especially if you're teaching things that contradict what God has spoken in his word. And that's what a lot of the apostles today are doing. There may be apostles in the church today. I just haven't met them. And these apostles were sent in He, Paul, was an apostle by the will of God sent to go share with the Gentile world the dispensation of grace. And we're still living in that dispensation today. We are saved by grace. And Timothy, our brother, do you guys know Timothy was the guy that he was discipling, his protege, okay, pouring into him, teaching him. And this was to the church in Corinth. And again, Corinth there is about 45 miles south of Greece, okay? Um, Athens and it's the area there also for the saints who are in Acacia so that's a region there so this letter you church there in Corinth and also the other believers around the area you're to read this letter Timothy was also one who was sent there to minister to them so it wasn't just Paul And it wasn't just Paul they were having problems with. They were having a problem with what God had declared, what is right. And we're not going to get into all those details. But this letter from Paul, I want you guys to catch, really is kind of like his journal. And I love this epistle because it is so different from all his other letters that he wrote in the New Testament. Because we get to see the heart of the great apostle Paul. Okay, he's going to bear witness to things that he struggles with personally in ministry, that his heart does break, that he does have a burden and a deep love and a concern really for all the saints, for the church of God. And we're going to see some of that come out as we study through. So get ready. It's going to be good. Now I want you guys to look at verse 2 with me. We see that there is grace to you and peace from God our Father In our Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard it before. We can't have peace without the grace of God. Grace has to come first, right? And aren't you guys glad that God is gracious? Okay? And aren't we told in John chapter 1, verse 16, that there is grace upon grace through Christ Jesus for all people? And I'm so thankful. Because how are we saved, guys? We are saved by grace, through faith. Do you guys understand in order for us to have the peace of God, we first need the grace of God. But we can't have the peace of God unless we've put our faith in God because it is the faith that activates that grace. Because the grace of God has appeared to all men, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Every single human being. But not everyone receives that grace because they have not activated that grace by their personal faith. But when we do, guess what we get? We get the shalom, the peace of God. And this this was a normal greeting back then. Keres and shalom, Greek, grace in Hebrew, shalom, peace. What a cool greeting, huh? Wouldn't it be cool if we greeted one another that way? Hey, God's grace and peace upon you. I would love that reminder as a brother in the Lord. You know why? Yeah, I need that grace. I need to stay in his grace because there's not just a saving grace, what Jesus did on the cross, but God has grace upon grace for us. And isn't that cool? And do you know that our God gives more grace than we can think of? You can jot down James chapter four, verse six. It says he gives more grace or greater grace maybe in your translation. Thus, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. And the humble are those who say, you know what? I can't do it. I'm weak, and I am in need, and that's why I've put my faith in Jesus, because I need a Savior, because I can't, I can't do that. I can't save myself. Isn't it beautiful, guys? How many of us are looking for peace today in this world? That's what Christian and non-Christian alike want. We want to find rest. We want to see restoration in this world because it is chaotic. It is a mess. It is chaos everywhere we look. There are wars happening. Things are falling apart. Evil is abounding. Can't we just have peace? And guys, in this world, we are not going to have peace until the Prince of Peace returns. But for us as believers, we personally can have peace and not a peace that the world gives jesus didn't he promised i give you peace not as the world gives but my peace a peace that will surpass all understanding and how many of you guys have been tripping in life where you know what this is a hard circumstance this is one of the roughest things i've ever gone through (laughs) but i have peace right now it's well with my soul I have faith in Jesus. I get Isaiah 26, verse 3. That beautiful promise that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Man, some of us struggle mentally. (laughs) Things get overwhelmed in life. Do you guys know that so much of the battle we go through is happening right here? And God cares about that battle too. And he will give you peace. But the key is when our mind is stayed on him. So, we have this grace and peace. In verse 3, man, why is it underlined up here? Because I want you guys to underline it in your Bibles right now. If you have not underlined this, please underline verse 3. Blessed or happy, be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Now there are three times in the New Testament that this blessed be, <laughs> the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ shows up. One of them is in Ephesians chapter 1. And we know that verse 3 there, through verse 14 of Ephesians 1 is one long sentence in the original Greek. And it talks about all the blessings and promises that we have if we are believers in Christ. We had not given all this. And the first thing that he lays out in that long sentence for you and I is, hey, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. He has. This is past tense. He's done this already and he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places think about that brother and sister we've been given those blessings are we living in those blessings no they're there but again how to how do we partake we enter in by faith don't we because there is a very real war as west was just talking about between the flesh and the spirit isn't there and we don't want to sow to the flesh we want to sow to the spirit we want to walk in the spirit and even though things are hard and chaotic you know what we still can be in the spirit and receive the blessings from the lord like just an example the peace of god (laughs) i think that's one of the coolest things that we experience as believers we don't need to be tripping when everybody else is tripping we have hope a sure hope in christ so there are past blessings given to us and then I want to look here at First Peter. We see another one of these blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 1, verse 3 of 1 Peter. It says, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. How many of you guys enjoyed last week just the last part of our time together as we just read dozens of scriptures together? You guys shared different verses that come around hope. And what a hope we have in Christ. And why are there so many in the Word? Because God wants us to have a a firm standing upon who He is and what He has done, that our hope is sure. And Paul saying the same thing, or sorry, Peter saying the same thing here. He has given this according to His abundant mercies, begun us again to a living hope. So this hope is very much alive for us through the resurrection. There's resurrection power. It's through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Do you guys know that we have a future hope? I mean, what can man do to us? Right? What's the worst thing that could happen? We could die. But as Christians, we don't die. The second we breathe the last, guess what? We're in glory with Jesus. Okay? That's pretty cool to think about. So we have this living hope. We have the hope of Christ returning I so look forward to that. We have a world that is broken, that is trying to figure it out. How are we going to make it through? Is there any hope? We keep wanting to hope and hope, but it's hopeless. That's all the world has experienced, guys. They're looking for a sure hope, and that only sure hope is Jesus Christ, and he is going to return. And that brings us back to 2 Corinthians here. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Do you guys know there is a present help? So it's not just a past blessing from God. It's not just a future blessing to come. But we as Christians have a present help. And isn't it cool the three times that this phrase, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, come up, it is covering all the bases, past, present, and future. I think that's so cool. Oh, just a bunch of guys got together and wrote the Bible. No, the fingerprints of God is all over. This book is supernatural. I love it. Anyways, let's take a look at verse 4. Well, Actually, let's talk about the God of all comfort for a second. Okay? Do you guys know that people want to be comforted? Don't we want to just live a life of comfort? Isn't that what we want for our kids? We just want everybody to be happy. Whatever makes you happy and comfortable, just go for it. Just do it. Well, in this life, guys, it's hard to find things that really bring us comfort, isn't it? Okay, but there is a God, and it's God of who? All comfort. But pastor, that's not my God. My God is a God of crazy circumstances and trials and hardships Do you not see the sinful world we live in, Pastor? Do you not see how everything is falling apart? Do you not see how hopeless we are? Do you not see our kids killing themselves? There's more and more suicides every day. Man, almost everybody I know is struggling with depression, Pastor. Don't you know that's God? Do you guys know how many people want to view who God is through their circumstances? Do you know how wrong we view God when we choose to do that? Because that's not biblical at all. What does the Bible say? God's a God of all comfort. And we can't, guys, again, if you miss anything this morning, okay, um, miss everything else, but don't miss this. We need to understand who God truly is, okay? And how do we do that? Right here. What does God say about himself? What has he declared in his word? Do you guys know that God is so other and outside? We chose to rebel. We're reaping the consequences in this fallen world. And just because we chose to do that it doesn't change who God truly is because he is good. God is love. He is savior, desiring none to perish. But yet man still rebels. We choose to reject him. And because we do that, we can't view God through the results of that rejection. Does that make sense? So brother and sister, stop looking at God through your circumstances. You need to look at the true and living God through who he truly is. And the only way we know who he truly is is through his word. Okay, And for you guys who trust him and know his word, you know that to be true. And that's why we're exhorted over and over again, don't be tripping on the temporal things. Why? Because people have a tendency when they're looking at the temporal, that's how they're going to view God and what life is all about. Well, God is beyond that. God is eternal, and we have eternal life, and we need to live in reality of that life. Amen? All right, so we're going to look at verse 4. I love verse 4. Who comforts, comforts us in uh, uh, some of our tribulations? <laughs> oh, do I got a bad translation up here? What does your translation say, guys? All our tribulations. God who comforts. In this word comfort, if you look into Latin, it's made up of two words, and that is with strength. Comfort. Is there strength when we receive the comfort of God? (laughs) Absolutely. No matter how bad things might be. No matter how much pain you might be going through. Or a situation that just never changes. God can bring all comfort. How many of you guys have experienced that personally in your life? You've just been comforted by God and it doesn't make sense. Things kind of really stink right now, but Holy Spirit, you're working something in my heart right now. You're bringing me comfort. You guys can jot down Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Paul wrote Romans 2. That's why it's so good. He also said that all that has been written in the scriptures, they've been written for what purpose? For our learning that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we may have hope. Oh, what? Are you saying, Paul, that I can find comfort in the scriptures? Yeah. I kind of think of Daniel and his three buddies. You guys remember his three buddies? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I think in chapter 3, is that where they got thrown in the furnace, furnace, fiery furnace? Yeah, I think it's around verse 16, 17. They're like, you know what? God's able to deliver us. (laughs) He can do it. King Nebi, if you're really going to throw us in the furnace, there is a God in heaven, and he is able to deliver us. We're good. And even if he doesn't in this circumstance, if we do get fried, you know what? It doesn't change who God is. We know what he's able to do, and he's going to do what he wants to do. Our faith is in him, and we're not going to bow down to you, Nebi. Do you guys think they had the peace and the comfort of God with them in that moment? Absolutely. Show of hands, how many of you guys have read the Fox's Book of Martyrs? Okay, if you haven't, please pick it up. Another one, there's a Jesus Freak book out there too. But it goes through just a historical counts of different stories of brothers and sisters who were really in a position where, hey, because you're a Christian, we're gonna put you to death. And you guys know there's been many over the years who said, "Yeah, I can't deny my faith in Christ. My hope is in him. He's overcome death." Like what can you do to me? Oh, you can you can kill me and send me to heaven. What to do, right? We just got through 1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? You guys remember, "Hey, death, where's your sting for the Christian? There is no sting. Jesus overcame death. There is victory." And we have these accounts so many of them in these different books and throughout church history, where brothers and sisters, literally, their lives are about to be taken and they will not die to die the Lord. And you guys ever catch and read in their accounts? What are they doing? Are they crying? Are they tripping out? They're praying. They're shining, and we don't know what's wrong with them. They're worshiping with joy their God as we're about to roll over them with a big steamroller. Have you guys read that account? Multiple Christians. Can you guys picture that? They lined them up, these believers. Hey, you can get up and deny the Lord, and you get to live. But for you guys who want to keep this faith in Christ, we're just going to roll you over with this big bulldozer. Hearing bones crush. Crush. Lives taken, and they just continued to stay there. Do you think they had the comfort of God with them? Do you think the Holy Spirit was with them in a special way in that? Absolutely. In all our tribulations, one of the hardest things we go through in this life is the loss of a loved one. It's hard losing a mom, dad, friend, child for some of us, spouse, As a pastor, I get the phone calls. So and so passed. Can you come? Yeah. And every time, guys, there's a pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh, man, this is hard. Well, the loss of a loved one, that is hard. Have you ever gone to someone who had lost a loved one? and you wanted to bring them comfort, you wanted to be there with them, to grieve with them, and you find that they are the one doing the ministering, they're the ones speaking words of comfort, what's going on? What's happening? They know Jesus. They're being ministered to. They're being comforted by God. They have a peace. And it is overflowing. I've prayed with a few over the years who were about to meet their maker face to face. They were literally taking the last breaths of their life upon this planet. And they had the comfort of God. Though they were about to die they were being comforted by the Lord. Where does that come from? That only can come from God. We can't psych ourselves into that type of peace and comfort. God is the God of all comfort. So no matter what you're facing, guys, God's there. No matter what trial, what tribulation you're facing, he is there. And it's not just me saying this. This is the word of God. And this is one of the first things the Apostle Paul wanted to share with us in this letter. there's a lot I'm going to share with you. I'm going to bear my heart. But you guys need to know that our God, he is good and he is there in this life. Because we've been promised in this life, you will have tribulations. You guys know that's biblical? You're going to go through it. Theology that comes around suffering, it is all over scripture. God wants us to suffer well. And I think about the reality of being comforted with strength. It is so cool because we go through a lot of seasons in life. One of the hardest things I've had to see my wife go through, like she loves, you know, like, wrecking her back, blowing out her knee, you know, she does all these different things, you know, she can't even move, she's like eating food off the floor and stuff, but having our babies, you know, like they let the dudes in, you know, the room now, like, I understood, like, why it was cool, like, 100 years ago. Like, you're not allowed to go in, buddy, husband, dad, <laughs> you know? You don't want to see what your wife is going to go through, right? Some of your sisters are like, yeah. <laughs> now you're preaching, pastor. <laughs> it's hard to give birth, isn't it? But there is a joy on the other side. It's like, man, here's a life. There's a joy. But one of those things is my wife is giving birth, Hours of pushing. (laughs) All I can do is pray. God, let your peace be here. Bring comfort right now. And there's times where we go through some really strenuous, really hard things in life where God can even bring his comfort in those times. And it doesn't just stop when the child's born. I think about new mom and dads, the hours upon hours at night awake with the child trying to comfort them. Well, who's giving you comfort? (laughs) How are you going to get your sleep? (laughs) How many of you guys have experienced the peace of God even in that, the sleepless nights? God is there bringing comfort to you. And then the terrible two years start. Oh! (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. God can even comfort in that season. And then they get older and they become more challenging And they don't think mom and dad have a clue about anything anymore. And they want to challenge everything. And you're just like, man, parenting's been really hard thus far. You know, and now it's just like, man, they won't even listen. (laughs) What am I to do? Do you guys know that God can even bring comfort in that season of life? And then there's another season they move out of the house And I think that might be the hardest. I'm not in that season yet, but mom and dads, is that kind of one of the hardest seasons with your kids? They're growing up to be their own little peeps, doing their own little things, seeing them go through their own trials and tribulations. You're not there to protect anymore. You can pray, but you know that part of growing up and part of becoming an adult, they need to go through those experiences personally. They need to figure That's a hard thing, isn't it, guys? but can God bring comfort even to you in that? Absolutely. And then the list goes on. Grandbabies, oh no. (laughs) Look at the world they're having to live in and grow up in. I know that's a a burden some of you guys really carry. And I want to encourage you, God will meet them. God can bring comfort to them too. And never, ever think that this is out of God's control. God has allowed us to live, our children to live, and especially our grandbabies to be born at this time in history for a reason. Don't be tripping. God has a plan. Okay? He's going to use them. We get to train them, love them, prepare them, (laughs) um, and keep pointing them to the God of all comfort. So we go through a lot of hard things. You know, I'm just talking, we could talk about tons of, how many of you guys have gone through something the last few weeks? Just like, yeah, yeah, that's life, right? We all go through seasons. If you're not going through one, just get ready. <laughs> you know, they come, you know, um, yeah, I shared a few weeks back about my kidney stone issues that I had over the last few months, right? Well, when I went in, one of the hardest things to hear is hearing from a doctor or a nurse you know, one of them who is a female who has given birth. I just want to let you know, kidney stones, I, I had those too. And they're wor- way, way worse than having a baby. Well, thanks for sharing that. I saw what my wife was going through. But I, I, guys, I can really testify through all of that, God brought comfort. There are times where I'm crying out, I'm dying, okay? There was another kidney stone, it's, I, I have... A few, I call them my kids. They're not kids because they're just little stones that suck, you know. At least when you gals have babies, they smile, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I get nothing out of them. Um, <laughs> but I remember years back, um, the pain was so bad. I was downstairs in our um, bathroom down there. Um, and I had passed out because the pain was so bad. Have you guys ever had pain so bad that you actually passed out from it? Okay, I'm on the floor, but I remember hitting the floor, you know, literally, I'm just crawled, like, like in a ball, just crying out to God. And you know what? God did give me his comfort in that moment. Even though it was one of the worst pains I'd ever gone through in my entire life, he actually comforted me in that moment. I'm just like, you know what? This is really cool, you know? And then I woke up to my father-in-law banging on the back door (laughs) of the house. There's Mark. (laughs) Um, But it was one of those things, God will with strength give you comfort. Even when you are weak and you don't think you can make it through, God is there, guys, because he is the God of all comfort in all our tribulations, amen? And what do we do with this? Well, Verse 4 goes on to tell us that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Okay, Do you guys know how important it is that we throw a lifeline to people? We have a retreat coming up, and the whole theme is going to be about bearing one another's burdens. How do we do that? How can we help others? Well, it helps a little bit when we actually come from a place. You know what? I've been through a few things. I've faced what you're going through. I can speak to that because God was faithful. He saw us through. His peace was there because we were trusting in him, even though it didn't make sense. We didn't know what the future held, but we, knew, we know the one who holds the future, and we know he's been faithful, and he's going to see you through. We're going to keep holding on to him. We're going to keep trusting in him. Pastor Michael Isabel just a couple weeks ago I was out in chi and praying with him at his church. And he's one of the few brothers who had the same surgery that I had a few weeks back that went really bad, okay? He had a stone too. Mine was a hair bigger. We are talking about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of people, you know, oh, praying for you, and I appreciate prayers, and we're going to see in a moment we do need to be bearing one another's burdens by praying for one another. So important. But he went through the exact same thing I went through, even though so many other people sent me messages praying for you, hey, I've gone through some stuff. Unless you've gone through the exact same thing, you don't always know, right? For some of you who have lost a child, okay? We want to love and come alongside and be there. But having someone who's lost a child also come alongside you in that and to be able to minister to you is radically different, isn't it? And the same thing with Pastor Michael. And he didn't say a whole lot. He's kind of a quiet pastor unless he's preaching, you know. And he's just like, hey, bro, I'm so sorry. And I knew where he was coming from. He's like, God's got you. He's going to see you through it. And he's just like, I knew it was coming from a place that he understood. And just saying a few things to me, it's just like, you know what? Here's a brother who went through the same thing, and he continued to be faithful. And God saw him through, got him through it. You know, I'm sorry I keep coming back to the kidney stone thing. It's just my reality over the last few months. But the point is, no matter what we're going through, God brings us comfort And there are things that we're going to go through personally that are going to be very unique. There are going to be struggles that I have that you're never going to have. And there's going to be trials and tribulations you go through that I'm never going to have to face. But in that, guys, you're going to be able to throw a lifeline to somebody who's gone through the exact same thing and say, you know what? God is good. This too shall pass. Kidney stone joke. (laughs) But we're able to do that. Well, pastor, (laughs) they're sinking. (laughs) Shouldn't I jump in, swim out there, and grab them and bring them in? That's the last thing you do. Do you guys understand that? Because what's going to happen? They might knock you out while you're there trying to save them. Okay, we can't do it for them. What we can do, guys, is throw them that lifeline. Hey, I understand. (laughs) I'm going to throw you a lifeline. Grab a hold, and I'm going to help pull you in. And that's what we do when we minister to others. As we've been comforted by God, we throw that lifeline. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. Been there. It is hard. This sucks. Don't know how long it's going to last either. But I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to keep encouraging you. I'll be praying and know that God's got you. Even in the midst of the storm, God is with you. You guys can jot down Psalm 61, verse 2. I shared with you just before Romans 15, 4, that through the scriptures, right? Patient in the comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. That's what I love about the Word of God. How many of you guys, when you're going through a hard time, that the Psalms specifically minister to your heart in a neat way? How many of you guys find yourselves just living in the Psalms? Yeah. I went through a season of depression years back. I lived in the Psalms during that time. And one of the Psalms that really spoke to my heart was Psalm 61, where God says there, you know, David's crying out, and he says, you know, when my heart's overwhelmed, and there's times where we're feeling that way, God, I'm, I can't make it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> my heart is overwhelmed, okay? It's overwhelmed. I'm drowning here. What does he cry out? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And isn't that what the scriptures do for you and I? It gets our eyes back on Jesus, Because when our eyes are on him and we're looking to God, that's when we can receive that comfort. Because, again, God is what? He is rich in mercy. Okay, He has this grace to give. But are we going to receive by faith? But you don't understand. I want some southern comfort. (laughs) Yeah, the only ones laughing know because it's alcohol. I don't know that it's an alcoholic beverage. Um, I think I did drink it once a very long time ago. Um, but isn't that the case for a lot of the world? I love talking about Jesus with people. And here in Kakana, I love opportunities just to connect with people who live here. You know, and a lot of times it's just on the streets. They're just hanging out. I love this time of year. People are out enjoying and be able to start a conversation with them. Do you guys know what the one thing a lot of Kakanians like to do? Drink. Hey, drink. You guys ever see the can man in town? He carries, I don't know how he does it. Like literally, he's got like four or five huge bags full of cans. he got them like two wrapped around his head. He's kind of like the strongest guy in all of Kukana, I swear. Okay, but he goes all the way out of town to get them recycled, and that's a trek. And he's carrying like I don't think I could make it a half a block, you know. And he's making. And there's been a few times where I've swung by and I picked up Chris, and you know we tied up all the bags to the car, <laughs> and I drove him over there. But these bags of cans that he's picking out of people's recycling, man, I'm like my car just got bathed in alcohol. They' just so stinky and stuff. I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm about to meet somebody and I'm going to pull in and smell it. <laughs> you know, people like to drink here in Kakana is my point. Um, but why do they drink? That's my other point. Why do they drink? Because they want to be comforted. Do you guys understand? They want to drink their sorrows away. And they're going to drink today because they don't want to deal with their stuff. Their hearts are overwhelmed. They can't find comfort, so they're going to go to a bottle and they're going to do it tomorrow and they're going to do it the next day. I know people that drink every single day. I know people that start in the morning because they just can't even make it through the work day dealing with their stuff. They just want to forget. And the only little bit of comfort they can find is in this bottle, but does it really bring comfort? No. It's just covering the problem for a few hours. That's all it is. It's never going to solve the problem. But God can solve the problem. Amen? So I'd love to talk more about this, but we're gonna have a whole retreat weekend kind of really speaking around this idea of verse four, but I want to get into verse five because it is so cool. Oh, I got this note up here. I'm not using notes this morning, but I put a few in my slides so I wouldn't forget. Bury one another's burdens, okay, to comfort those who are in trouble by the comfort which we received. First, we need to be caring. Do you actually care when you see others going through stuff? Do you care? Secondly, you need to have compassion and empathy. And when we are comforting others, we want to speak truth into their lives, but we want to do that in love. Because isn't that how you want people to speak to you when you're going through it? You don't want a brother or sister to come up to you, "Hey, suck it up, you sinner. Don't you have faith in God? Don't you know what the word says? No, we don't want to be spoken to that way. You know what, I do want to hear the truth of God's word. I do, I'm a believer. And if you want to speak those things to me in love, like that would be the best thing for my soul right now. So we get to do that. Now, verse five, it says, "For as the sufferings of Christ, they abound in us. So our consolation, consoling about abounds through Christ. What is Paul saying here? He's going through sufferings? Isn't he an apostle? Isn't ministry easy? We're not going to see that. <laughs> okay, So we go through 2 Corinthians. He gets very real about how hard ministry is. And You guys are all thinking, well, that's got to really suck for you then, Pastor. Don't think that. It does suck. But let me tell you this. Who is called to ministry in this room? Am I the only one? If you are a Christian, you are in ministry whether you like it or not. That is the truth, and it's going to be hard, but what do we get to do? Hey, we get to comfort others with the comfort in which we've been comforted. There are times, guys, my heart's overwhelmed. There are burdens that I carry. There was even counseling this last week that was very hard to hear. My heart breaks because I love people. I love God's people. I know that these aren't God's ways, but we live in a fallen world. There's junks. There's hardships that we go through. But it's one of those things that I got to comfort them and speak truth in love to them. I'm losing sleep. There were three or four nights this week, I'm going to bed thinking like, hmm, am I even going to be able to fall asleep? Because my head, I can't stop thinking about them in this situation. And I don't know how many dozens of times I already prayed today for them. But isn't it cool that we have scriptures like 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon him, Jesus, because he cares for you. And brother and sister, as we minister and we come alongside, ministry is about people. It's about bearing one another's burdens. And as we come alongside one another, you guys know that some of that burden is going to transfer upon you. But isn't it cool that we can take those burdens to Jesus and say, God, they're yours. (laughs) I'm not the functional savior. (laughs) I can't save them in this situation. Okay, You're the one who can. And we get to pass those burdens upon the Lord so this is what he's talking about here if we go through sufferings um you know or if we're being consoled it all bounds through christ uh check out what the new living bible how it puts this verse it says you can be sure that the more we undergo sufferings for christ the more he will shower us with his comfort and encouragement do you guys get what it's saying here okay this is my only notes for this morning and it's a poem Okay, that's why I had to print it off. But it so blessed my heart this week, and I'm going to share it with you guys. Listen carefully. Until I learned to trust, I never learned to pray. And I did not learn to fully trust till sorrows came my way. Until I felt my weakness, his strength I never knew, nor dream till I was stricken that he could see me through. Who deepest drinks of sorrow, drinks deepest too of grace. He sends the storm so he himself can be our hiding place. His heart that seeks our highest good, knowing well that things annoy, we would not long for heaven if earth held the only joy. I'll share that later on Facebook. So he goes on in verse 6 then. Do you guys get what verse 5 is saying here? Okay, in other words, an abundance of suffering equals an abundance of comfort. That's the point he's making here. So the more you're being thrown into the fire, <laughs> going through that hardship, God promises his comfort in that. Okay? And I know that's true because he's faithful. I've gone through a lot in life. Okay? It's not easy in this life, especially if you're doing what God's calling you to do. I'm going to share with you guys really quick a little bit about um, what Satan likes to tell me, and we know that he's what? The father of lies. But for over 20 years now, this has been one lie that he has never stopped speaking into my ear, and it's been landing. If you just stopped, all of this would stop. He's spoken that over and over. You don't have to go through this. You don't have to deal with them and those hardships and those people leaving again and those attacks and those emails and all the other spiritual warfare and health crap (laughs) if you just stop. And let me tell you what, guys. If you're stepping into the battle, it's very real. But you know what? He gives more grace. That's the reality of our God. He's going to see us through. And we're going to be able to finish that race faithfully, not because of our faithfulness, but because of whose faithfulness? His faithfulness. And that's what we have in hindsight. God has always been faithful. and He's seen us through everything. Why would he ever stop now or in the future? All we can do is yield and say, okay, God, You're right. This is hard. I don't see a way through, but you've seen me through before. That's your track record. You've always been faithful to your word. I just need to submit, humble myself, and surrender and say, God, I'm yielded. (laughs) You do what's needed because you're worthy. I mean, that's really the bottom line. So verse 6, guys. Uh, now if we are afflicted it is for our consolation or for your consolation and salvation which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer or if we are comforted it is for your consolation and salvation all right so i want us to look at verse 7 and our hope is what for you, it's steadfast. It is a sure thing. Because we know that we are partaker of sufferings. So also, you will partake of this consolation. So if we suffer for Christ, you're going to be comforted by Christ. That's what he's saying there. Some of us are going through stuff not for Christ. And God will not be mocked. Galatians 6.6, 6, what a man sows, he shall reap. Some of us are going through some real bad stuff. And you know what? We brought us upon ourselves. The only way that's going to change is if we're repentive and we're honest and we say, you know what? <laughs> I've been doing it my way. <laughs> I've been telling you what's right, God. I've been giving you advice because I think I know best. I'm sorry. You've been right all along. I repent, and I'm going to do it your way. So when we do that, if we're suffering for Jesus, we're going to be comforted. That's the promise. And then in verse 8, it says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were beyond measure, above strength, and that we despaired even of life. What is Paul saying here? Despaired even of life? That kind of sounds like a guy who's struggling with depression. I believe Paul struggled with depression. King David, a man after God's own heart. Do you guys think he was depressed? If you haven't or don't, read the Psalms for two seconds. (laughs) The guy was going through it. Whoa. And, yeah, we don't have time to talk about that. Sonny just gave me like, yo, bro, time's up, pastor. Yep, five. She has permission. Now you guys know her burden and you who can sympathize and comfort her. (laughs) Um, five more minutes um, yeah. do you guys know that depression is a very real thing okay it always has been I think it is getting worse like we see what's going on in the world it's getting crazy nowadays someone's depressed what do we do we're going to throw some pills at you but historically people have gone through things it's a very real thing and I really think Paul went I mean even despairing of life for you guys who've gone through depression, that is a reality. That's the cloud that you live in. You just don't want to go on. There's, You feel like there's nothing worth living for. You just have that feeling. Even though you might know the truth, okay, you may be grounded in the scriptures, you have the feeling, okay? About nine years ago, I started having seasonal depression, okay? I don't look forward to winter. This time of year, any of you guys who struggle with depression, You know, like, oh, boy, it's coming. This isn't going to be fun. You know, you kind of gear up for it. You start praying. Make sure you're doing healthy things to get through it stuff. But I had a panic attack, and I began to spiral, and I went through years of crazy depression. Okay, Psychiatrists tried to help. Couldn't help at all. The psychologist couldn't figure me out. You guys know they run a bunch of tests, okay? And they're just like, you know what? You should be a complete mess. You should be crazy suicidal right now. We can't figure this out. Because as we talk, you know, you know what it was? I know Jesus. I might be going through and struggling with this depression like crazy where I can't, don't want to get out of bed in the morning. All I want to do is just die. It's not going to stop me from who I am in Christ, what he is calling me to do, because I know the truth. And I have the comfort of God despite the stuff. And I think that's what the psychologists of the world can't get. Okay. Anyways, the point is, no matter what we go through, we're going to go through times where we're despairing and we need others there. And I remember early on when I started begin, you know, struggling with depression and seeing a counselor and dealing with this stuff, it scared the heck out of me, guys. There was one prayer I prayed early on and I prayed for the next four years, okay? It it was hard for four years. But early on, I prayed, you know, God, you're allowing this for some reason. I don't get it. I know this is not your design or desire, but I know there's a purpose behind this. And if it is something that you can use for your glory, if it can help me better minister to your people, let it be. Now, I didn't share about that for quite a while. It was over a year before I shared with the church family that I was struggling as badly as I was struggling. And part of that is because you want it all together as a pastor. You want to be strong. And sometimes people look at you and just like, hey, you're depressed. You're not doing well. What sin are you in that's causing this? I had people say that. I had a children's pastor who left the church because of that you're not well I don't want to be here it hurts and those type of things make you spiral even more but when I did share about my depression from the pulpit you know what happened that next week I had five or six people in our church family reach out pastor I've told nobody but I've been on meds for years and I am so struggling right now with depression they opened up And you know what was super cool? I'd been walking through it. And going through it, i have been being comforted by my God. And I was able now to minister, because this is a part of ministry and past, like, it doesn't matter. If you're just a Christian, you're going to have friends who are struggling with depression, okay? We all know somebody. But going through it personally, you know what? I was able to minister to people in a new way. I was able to share scriptures in new light, you know, some scriptures that I would never have shared before that really speak to a person who's struggling with depression. <laughs> I was able to share and minister to them in new ways. And I am so grateful that I walked through that because I've had so many opportunities. I have a couple pastor friends that, hey, somebody in my church has come and asked, they're suicidal right now. They're crazy depressed. Landon, would you be willing to sit down and talk with them? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad they ask, because when we go through something personally, we're going to be able to come alongside others in a way that some might not be able to. So I want to encourage you guys. We all go through stuff. The Apostle Paul went through stuff. And isn't it kind of cool that even an apostle is opening up his heart and being vulnerable here? Even despairing of life, man. We're going through it. Let's wrap this up. Look at verse 9. Verse 9. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. (laughs) We should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Did you guys catch that there in verse 9? Okay, not trust in ourselves, but in God. You guys can jot down Psalm 118 verse 8. It is the middle verse in the Bible. What does it tell us? The middle scripture says it is better to trust in God than in man what are you serious is that the middle verse it absolutely is and that's why paul says it here you don't trust in yourself don't trust in man trust in god who raises the dead verse 10 who delivers us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that we will still deliver us and again guys Where is your death? Sting. It's gone. Okay? We don't die. We just pass from this life to a way better life. That's all that happens for the Christian. And then in verse 11, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted To us through many. And do you guys see in verse 11 where it tells us to be praying for one another? And that's where I want to conclude this morning. Why is it important that we don't forsake the assembling together? Why do we get together? Why are prayer meetings important? Because we can bear one another's burdens. We can pray for one another because through prayer, guys, we join forces and we overcome together. And there are sometimes we go through things that, hey, nobody can help right now. I'm seeing professionals, and they're not helping. Counselors done nothing. I'm facing this. There's nothing to be done except to pray. It's not just to pray. <laughs> it's sometimes that's the be- it is the best, praying for one another. And don't take that lightly. But we also need to be vulnerable, don't we? I don't know how many times over the years I have a brother or sister share something like, Hey, Pastor, this has been going on for... Three years. I'm just finding out. Like, (laughs) I love you, you know. I don't think I would have been able to do anything, but I could have been praying this whole time. And do you guys know that prayer is a very powerful thing? Have you guys ever actually felt like you could sense people praying when you're going through something? I've sent that, sensed that. And a lot of times, it's not like, oh. I don't want to talk about kidney stones again, but three months, I know a lot of you guys were praying for me with that, okay? They didn't just magically disappear. God could have done that. But there were times, you know, prayer requests went out, and I didn't know that they went out. Like, somebody spilled the beans, like, hey, Pastor Land is going through this, you know? The comfort of God in those times. Like, you can sense people are praying right now, and a lot of times it's that comfort that we've been talking about this morning. It's his presence. It's just like, wow, I'm experiencing a grace today. I have strength. Even though I've been so weak and failing, I feel like there's strength for today. What's going on? People are praying, and it's so cool. So I wish we had more time, but do you guys see the tone Paul is starting this awesome letter with? He's being very open, very vulnerable, very real. And I love that he's bearing his heart before us. And you guys are going to be so encouraged to go through this. I love that uh, Elder Joel this last week gave us our reading assignments every day on Facebook. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage you to read through the entire book before next Sunday, okay? It's really good. It's actually kind of short, but there is so much good stuff in this letter. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. And I do specifically just want to pray and ask of you. There are things that... Each and every one of us are carrying, going through, and there's even stuff, even from the past, hard things that haven't really been dealt with. And I know that you care deeply about each and every single person here, all those that watch online every week too. You, you love us. We know that you care about us. And we know as we read here that, in your word that you are the God of all comfort, in the simple prayer request this morning, God, we ask that you would comfort our brothers and sisters with your comfort, that you would really meet with them, that your spirit would be working just in a beautiful way in each one of their hearts and their lives, that they would be experiencing your peace, God. And I do pray you'd give us wisdom on how to love and serve each other, how, how to rightly throw a lifeline to people to help them out of whatever they're sinking in. God, we need each other. You've created us to be relational, God, with one another, and especially with you. God, help us to look to you, to trust to you, to fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. And we are so sorry, and we repent of those things that we've tried to uh, run to in this world, God, to ease the pain. God, we know that doesn't really help. It doesn't really heal. You alone, do that. So we look to you, Jesus. Thank you for your word here this morning, and it's in your awesome name we pray. Amen? Amen.